0: and Welcome to In My Book, episode 253. It's the way I start, and you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> on the 16th of September 2013, I am your host, Stephen Layton, and today I'm, I'm not on my own. It's cool. I've got somebody else joining me. I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Irwin Moresh. Do I pronounce that right? Or, That's uh, close uh, enough. I've been, I've been called worse. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, from uh, Fincali Monsilio and uh, Finger Escondida and uh, Mamamina Mina and um, what's San Jose? San Jose and Milagros. Milagros. Is it Milagros? Milagros. I've been calling it Milagros. That's good. Milagros. <laughs> okay, need to change it's like, that. That's a great cognizant Spanish that you got in there. <laughs> <laughs> they love my pronunciations, honestly these guys love it. Um but um so and and also the Sarah Azul from Honduras, Honduras. from last year. So, like, this is awesome that Erwin has come to join us here. Um, I kind of, yeah, it's, it, like, this is the first producer I've had in my in my mug studio. So, we did one in 2009, 2008, something like that. Yeah, it's one of the first ones. Yeah.
1: It was yeah. In, a, in Antigua, in Guatemala. It was, it was, and he
0: was one of, like, so that was my first producer on one, first coffee producer on it, on it in my mug, and they are the first one in my studio, which is pretty awesome. Oh, So... So, the coffee we're going to be talking about today is one of Irwin's coffees, luckily enough. We're not going to talk about somebody else's coffee. Um, and it's one that is, like, I think is really interesting and fits into our focus on part. So, um, it's time for us to focus on. So, Limoncillo is a farm that we have a pacamara from, we have a Katura from, we have um, a longberry from which is the varietal that we're going to talk about here Um, and I love this story because it's on the website and it's in your words so we we actually copy and pasted what you said about how you came across this weird varietal Mm -hmm. and a very weird varietal for Nicaragua so if you can just tell the folks kind of how this longberry varietal kind of its background first of all and then how you came across it on the farm. Well, was Longberry is uh, a
1: coffee, obviously coming from Ethiopia, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, all the what I found out, it comes in through Cameroon, 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 yeah. Cameroon. Yeah. Sorry, I can't. I don't know if that was pronounced. That correctly. was correct English pronunciation. That you did <laughs> well. <laughs> but um, it came into Central America the same way the geisha came in, into Central America as well. You know, it was a uh, it was a study that was being done by Cézanne uh, of France. Mm-hmm. Uh, on varietals to see what was the best varietals for each individual country in Central America which was being done in in the 80's, uh, early 80's. Uh, They determined that obviously for Nicaragua and Guatemala the Caturra was the best varietal you know but obviously they determined these by the amount of yields they were getting from. from the coffee trees well, and i mean at
0: that time there wasn't really a specialty movement was exactly. there it wasn't about taste it was about how much you can get out of the land and, and there was a disease as well of course to uh for roya
1: or rust you know uh obviously in el salvador it was the bourbon you know uh, rust wasn't a problem back then you know so that, that that was their main uh suggestion for costa rica and honduras they came up with the with the Catimors, okay you know, uh, in Costa Rica it was the, the Catimor 90, uh, in Honduras it was Icafe 90, I mean, that's what they were being called, they were the, the strains that were being developed in each one of these countries.
0: So catimores I mean we were talked about a Catimor last week on this mm-hmm. Focus On part, and the Catimor kind of came around about 1968, but it was really the 80s where it kind of had that push through, wasn't it? Exactly, the, yes. The, from these yeah. studies, and a lot of these studies were funded from european countries from yeah no this
1: study was actually done by the uh it was the french uh, development uh, agricultural development agency that they have uh, yeah. Cirad and uh, they were basically trying to push
0: to see which you know uh, the best varietals for each country yeah you know uh, and did that involve planting lots of like weird for that you have just never try and plant. Or did they go down the Bourbon Katura uh, typical? No, no, they they actually like I said. I mean, they they brought in
1: seeds, you know, from uh, this the uh, the longberry, you know, which they call Java.
0: Yeah, you know, Don't uh, like the Java. Now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I yeah. I do get the Java pop, but I think the longberry it like describes it much better because if you look at the seed and look at the green bean, look at the roasted bean that you've got there, it's. Thin and long, and so distinctive to Ethiopia. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So, and one of the heirloom varietals as well, which kind of traces back to the very beginnings, isn't it? In its genealogy, right. uh, One of the first few. Exactly.
1: You know, so yeah, so they they did bring in, you know, the 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 the, this long bear, which they called Java. They brought in uh, the Geisha, which was uh, an Ethiopian coffee from the area of Kicha. Yeah. You know, so I guess uh, we're good at this uh warping the names in Central America so I I, I guess that's where they get you know from Kicha and Geisha yeah I think that's where it kind of you know warps into but, but uh, then you
0: it, get stupid people like me coming along and warping it even more so yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah so they had several different varietals and what they would do is they would start out gardens in different in different areas different altitudes you know and um, but the recommendations were made specifically on disease resistance and yield, you know, uh, per variety, you know. So it wasn't until the late '90s that we actually started, you know, looking at these varieties once again, you know. Uh, but based on cut profiles, you know, on taste, and um, you know, for us specifically, our introduction to longberry was all by mistake. You know, we're driving by. This experiment station in Hinotega in Nicaragua, and uh, this gentleman, this uh, security guard, you know, pulled us over, which you know, my dad kind of. You know, ordered me to stop and I normally wouldn't have stopped you know having a, an armed guard you know
0: pulling you over in the side of the road and dirt road and this and is uh, in the 90s in Nicaragua as well which yes, yes. was a very different place to Nicaragua today exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs>
1: you know but uh but no he you know he told us that you know he had been laid off and the, the, the experiment station which is a government experiment station didn't have the money to to pay him his uh you know his salary his benefits You know, so they gave him, you know, uh, he had some tools, you know, some shovels and a wheel cart and he had five uh, kilos of uh, this varietal that just said Java on it, you know, and uh, he asked if he wanted to buy it, you know, my dad felt sorry for him, you know, he, you know, Purchased everything he had off of the
0: guy. That sounds pretty much like your dad. <laughs> like he's, exactly. and, but uh, I'm, I'm not surprised that the waving down as well because your dad's kind of pretty well known, isn't he? Around Ginetaiga in that area as yeah. well. he's a bit of yeah. a superstar around those parts. Uh, ex-
1: mostly in Matagalpa, you know. Yeah. You know there, Every, uh,
0: everywhere, everywhere we went past, like people were like waving. It was like,
1: oh, <laughs> but, yeah. right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's uh, my dad's family. has uh great-grandfather was one of the first coffee producers in uh, the northern part of Nicaragua, you know, he came over from, he came over from Germany f- to develop the, the, the railroad system, but, you know, he got paid with land and he brought seeds over from Bourbon seeds from uh, Guatemala in the early 1800s, uh, 1900s. And, uh, planted.
0: So there's kind of a history of this kind of whole seed thing going on as well, and like, yes, developing varietals yes. that <laughs> not everybody else would maybe be doing. Right, right. Now with my father, you know, he,
1: he loves to do all of his experiments big, you know, it's not like he will go in and plant a small area and to see how it goes, you know, and I'm always complaining to him about it, but he says, look, you know, in reality I only have like 15 to 20 years left <laughs> of life, so I want to see all this things that I'm trying out, you know. I mean, he's 68 but you know he's he's yeah. counted down already you know, I, something I think, I think out yeah
0: no I think he'll outdo us he's like, <laughs> like the way he springs around the farms when he gets there as well he's like you don't yes. look 68 <laughs> no exactly exactly you know, he, yeah he walks a lot. he can outwalk me you know
1: every every time you know I'm a horseback and he's you know, walking <laughs> you know but uh but no, so then it was history. I mean, we tried the seed, you know, and. Uh, so like
0: in the nineties, I'm guessing you kind of like what? What would you do with them? Did you just plant them straight away, or did you sit on them? Can you can you sit on them? I don't. I don't okay. Know. Well, no, uh, the seeds. The more the older they get,
1: the, the less percentage of them uh, sprout. Yeah. You know, so when they're nice and fresh, let's say you know three four months old, you know, uh, if you plant them, you will get you know good eighty. To, 70 to 80 percent of them sprouting okay. you know if you keep the humidity almost right you know around 20 to 30 percent humidity okay. uh obviously the longer you go the more embryos will die yeah you know inside the 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 the, the coffee bean you know and uh so you went straight back and planted these
0: ones then or well
1: no it, uh, yeah we within the next month month and a half you yeah. know we, we we put them we set them aside you know and uh uh, obviously we planted them as if we were planning regular katura which was a mistake you know it was four thousand plants per manzana you know they were for the size of the tree which we didn't know how it was you know it was too dense you know so we had Sorry,
0: so, so it's a much bigger tree than the Katura. yes yeah. it's, it's a it's a katura, katura is kind of like a dwarf tree short, isn't it stout, yes. yeah, yeah yeah but they see the the is this was really tall oh, okay you know and each branch can
1: Come out to be almost two meters. So, very
0: geisha like in lots of ways, then? No, it, yeah, it's, so it's a, it's a, cousin, a of, cousin,
1: cousin of the geisha, I call it, you know, because even if you look at it, it's kind of like it looks like
0: yeah. kind of the geisha, you know. Yeah, now the seeds definitely have that look about them. Of, right, yeah, so I think right. you can see they're related for sure. Exactly, exactly. You know, so uh, when we first had
1: it, it was, it was beautiful. We had beautiful looking trees, but no production because they were just too close together, you know. So uh, we went in and we tore out every other tree, yeah. you know, and uh, give it more room, you know, and then it really produced. And uh, we started learning how to manage it because if you don't know how to manage it, it produces it has very low yield. You right. you know. But we we're talking about earlier, you know, what was our highest yield, you know, that we've had, and we had uh, sixty, uh, well, sixty quintales, which is about 40 bags per manzana
0: and it was on this longberry. Okay, and now, oh, that's interesting. Uh, and that's just through good husbandry, good management of it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly yeah. So you planted this varietal on Limoncillo Which is probably Is that the biggest of your farms in the Caragula? It's our second biggest farm Second biggest So oh, what's yes. the biggest
1: farm? The biggest is Placeres Oh, okay you know, But Placeres uh, That one is I've not been to that one, have I? Uh, I don't think you have no. I don't think you have That one, it's both a cattle and a coffee farm Oh, ah, okay, you know, okay. Um, We have there Obviously less varietals yep. you know, It's mostly Caturra. We have a little bit of You know Yellow Catuayi, mm. we tried a little bit of a uh, Catimor, it didn't work yeah. out very well. Uh, we have some uh, Pacamadas there as well, okay. you know, but very little, mostly it's ca- uh, Caturra, you know. It's, uh, it's a coffee better suited for blends, for espresso blends, I mean, that's what a lot okay. of people use the, the, the placentas for. Right. You
0: know. So you so you planted it on Limoncillo, planted you planted it on Limoncillo. San Jose as well? Uh,
1: mm-hmm. After we proved how great of a cup it was, after we discovered how great of a cup it was, <laughs> You know, we decided to take it to, up to a higher altitude. You know, we first tried it in at Mamamina, which yeah. is at uh, 1,400 meters, but it's just like the geisha; it's not very good.
0: Uh, it doesn't resist the wind very well. Yeah. You know, so the wind pretty much burnt it. You know, it, it's also I kind of found with the geisha, kind of sub 15,000, 1,500 meters. You do you, the cut profile is very, very different to stuff that's grown mm-hmm. further up in and, and very okay. close proximities. Exactly. So San Jose is up from Escondida is exactly. It? Yes. So Escondida yes. Is, is about 1,400 meters right and then San Jose yeah. is around about 15, 16 yes. Yep. yes okay. Yeah. Um, and if you planted this anywhere else um we planted a little bit on Escondida. It hasn't started
1: producing yet okay you know but we want to see what the different cut profiles are at you know nice. the San Jose as opposed to the Limoncillo of the longberry it' obviously has a lot more acidity mm-hmm. you know uh, for me the acidity is a little bit too. Too intense,
0: you know. Uh, uh, we, we we you were lucky enough. We were lucky enough. You, you let us try both of those ones and select yeah. which one that we we preferred. And I definitely preferred the limoncello <laughs> one because it was a more sweeter exactly. kind of cup to it. It was, uh, was although there was lots of these interesting tea like qualities going on that again exactly. remind me very much of Geisha. It mm. was uh, there was a, a natural sweetness there which uh, I guess comes from being at that slightly lower altitude. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, so I think that was a fairly long but interesting focus on. <laughs> So, we're now gonna talk about the coffee and talk about the farm. So, uh, of Limoncillo, for me, is one of the most important coffees we buy. And not just because you're here, by the way, I say that a lot. But also because it kind of shows the development of us as a company. So, I've known Irwin since 2005. Um, He's the first coffee producer I ever met, which was pretty cool. Um, but he also left me sitting at, Mata, uh, to, at the airport in um, Madagascar for like, i sorry, for uh, about an hour on my own, and the first time I'd ever travelled anywhere. Do you remember? Do you remember this story? I do. Yeah. I do. So I'm sitting there on my suitcase, and I see this guy go past with taza on a piece of paper, and I was thinking, that's got to be cup of excellence. So I just went, <laughs> "You looking for me?" And you're like, "Yeah, you, Steve." <laughs> oh god, I'm so sorry, man. And I was like, "I'm fine. I was just scared, <laughs> petrified, thinking, where am I going?" Um, but yeah, so I met you at the Cup of Excellence yes. in 2005 and you were managing the cupping room kind of thing, weren't you? Right, uh,
1: no, I was actually the the country coordinator for Cup of Excellence yep.
0: uh, in Nicaragua at that time. And that was, I guess, because of your great grasp of English. Right. So right. educated, you went to school in, in Texas. In Texas, Texas So Texas, Texas right. So hence the slight accent of Texas, slight Nicaraguan accent and different times it kind of slips into both, it's quite <laughs> funny. Um, I'm a fine one to talk about accents. Um, so we met in 2005, and then I I never I knew you grew coffee, but I didn't, you know, we talked on email a few times and I knew you grew coffee, but we weren't in the position to buy coffee directly at that point. Um, we were buying from, uh, is it a cousin or uncle? Uh, um, it was my cousin. Yeah, from Roberto, who who, Uh, used to own Los Alto that you now own, so you may remember Los Alto we've had that coffee before in the past and we've had some others of Roberto's coffees as well but we um, yeah we just we never got around to talking about buying coffee Mm -hmm. and then Cup of Excellence 2007 came along and I was bidding on an auction lot in the Cup of Excellence and about half an hour after buying the coffee I get an email from this guy saying Steve you've just bought our coffee I knew nothing about this until afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was so spooky, it was like, really? Oh, that's cool. So we bought Limoncillo, it was the Katura lot. Yes. In 2007 from, from Cup of Excellence. And after that, we desperately wanted to keep buying coffee from you. So uh, our importers, I asked them to speak to you and we were shipping it by our importers for two years, which worked well for me because I didn't have to buy directly. Somebody else shipped it, made life a lot easier. And then in 2009, we had a bit of a shock that they weren't going to ship the coffee and we had some frantic emails backwards and forwards and you helped us ship the coffee directly, mm-hmm. which was uh, fantastic. So we've gone from buying from a cup of excellent lot, from buying from an importer to now working with Erwin directly and buying lots more different coffees from you from on the back of that too, which um, I think is like, it shows that how hey, we've grown and, and, and I'm really, you know, it, it's, a, yeah, it's a good progression. Um, so tell me a little bit about Limoncillo, so how long has it been in the family, uh, altitude, the different varietals you grow on the farm, things like that.
1: Well, Limoncillo is a very particular, really, really particular uh, or different than the rest of farms that we have because it's, uh, um, it goes from 18, uh, sorry, from 880 meters above sea level, which is very low for, uh, for coffee, you know, all the way up to 1300
0: meters. You know, but, uh, I climbed that mountain too by the time I was visiting there. You yes. made us climb up it. Like, this is <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have a problem now. No, no, no problem. but that was fat Steve back then. Yeah, he, he wasn't so keen on the exercise.
1: <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, it lends
0: itself to do
1: a lot of experiments because it's, you uh, know, it, it, the, the terrain of the farm, it's very narrow down at the bottom and then it opens itself up, you know, like an umbrella. Yeah. You know, all the way up to the top. You know, it's crossed by three di- by three rivers, you know,
0: so we have a lot of water all over the place, you know. And you know. and you use that water, don't you, with hydroelectricity for the workers on the farm? Exactly. Uh, you've exactly. got th- seven waterfalls here. we yeah. have uh, six,
1: waterfalls. six waterfalls. Six waterfalls, you know, when we tried to maintain them and that, that, uh, uh, this farm is where we learned to harvest water. Right. You know, that's what we 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 call it. We, we're harvesting water, we started protecting the water sources. You know, uh, we started
0: planting a lot of uh, different types of uh, bamboos as well, which is unusual for Nicaragua. Exactly. I think, you no, know, no, like no. Nicaragua as a beautiful and amazing country as it is, it's not there's not a particular wealth there to be able to do that with certain parts of the land, is there? You know, it's and, and like Irwin spent a lot of time, well, the family spent a lot of time like with I, I love on Mamma Mina the flowers, like, and, yes. and, and they've started to appear in other part, other farms as well, haven't they? But like making the farm not just a producing place but a nice place to be but also looking after the environment which is you know it's a responsibility as a custodian of the land to make sure that it continues to produce great Oh, and also educating because uh, on every
1: on our, our biggest farms, we have little, little communities as well. We have in the Monseil, we have around
0: 60 families that actually live on the farm. And you'd be driving through the farm and all of a sudden you hit what looks like a little village. Exactly. And they've got their own shop and they've got their own little washing facilities and the they've school. got beautiful houses and school. and it, like, it was the first time I think I'd been on a farm where you saw people living on the farms. Because for instance, Brazil, they used to do that, but now everybody lives in the city. Right. Um, Bolivia, the farms are too small. let say you'll have one person living there and it'll be their farm, but exactly. it's very unique, for, for me, seeing the way that the communities live on the farms. Yes. You know, so we started educating a
1: lot of the people would actually start doing a lot of this work, you know, of harvesting water. They never heard of harvesting water that they thought we were crazy. You know? <laughs> uh, but there's nothing more amazing than to Cut down a bamboo stick, you know, and drill a hole in it, and you see the amount of water that bamboo stick actually holds, you know, at certain times of the year depending on the way that the moon is and everything, you know. So uh, it really helped them, you know, helped us convince them, and they actually do a lot of this work for us, you know, after hours, you know, on their own time. You know, we provide them with the amount of you know of vegetation, and they actually do all the planning for it, but. They
0: actually are enjoying everything i mean the 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 benefits from this as well I yeah. think that's something that you've spent a lot of time on as well on the farm is the educational side of it isn't it? It's like yes. providing an education not just for the children of the farm but for the people who work for on the thing, farm as the, well the adults exactly
1: yes, and Nicola our at the average education uh, for for anybody there it's a fourth grade level right you know so most schools only have up to fourth grade and that's it and right the, you know the, the kids they go out and they start working you know helping their parents work you know pick coffee and you know uh, other things you know but we have actually started you know to encourage them to, to keep going you right. know, we actually have uh, like a, a scholarship program you know since we implemented since we implemented it in the mid 90s we've only had two people actually go to college right you know, but uh, it's there. But that's two
0: people more than would
1: have without. <laughs> and and I know
0: that your sisters are quite heavily involved in that, that my younger sister, yes. She's yeah.
1: more involved with the social programs that we have. You know, in, in uh, we have a a children's diner that will provide uh, food, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner for the children that actually go to school. You know, uh so if they don't go to school, we tell them we won't feed them. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's food that their parents don't have to don't have to, to spend on. Yeah. You know, so uh it's a way to try to encourage actually the parents to send them to school because obviously if it's up to the kids, I mean, heck, I was a kid, I didn't want to go to school. If it would have been up to me, I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no it second, third grade. Very, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So uh, it's something we want to encourage the parents to, to to do to push them.
0: How difficult is it to get teachers to come onto the farm? Because it's not an easy place to get to. Right. In, you no,
1: it's it's kind of hard because nobody actually wants to go live there. But I mean, uh, in Nicaragua, uh, in order to uh, to uh, graduate from college, you have to do social work. You know. So we get a lot of uh, college uh, people about to graduate, and they get paid by the by the government. But we also subsidize them. We also give them an extra. It's not a common thing in Nicaragua, but I mean, we figure if they're doing a good job, if they want to stay, we allow them to stay. You know, if it's a teacher, we've had one one girl, you know, young lady who decided to stay in Placetas. you know, and uh, we're paying her a lot more, you nice. know, so, uh, because she's been really good at it. You know, but it's, so I mean, that's, that's that's
0: no different to any any employee coming into the you know coming into the business. I guess that you know right. if they're good, then you have to reward them to hang on to them. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That. No, but I mean, we wanted to
1: change the mindset because a lot of the people, the the kids. You ask them, you know, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, they're like, okay, I want to be, you know, uh, a tractor driver. You know, I mean, I want to be the driver of that tractor. You know, but like, well, you know, how about being a doctor, man? How about being, you know, not. I mean. We're we're kind of killing ourselves because eventually if this works. You know, we're not gonna have any workers for the farm, but you know we want them to have a little bit more ambition to try to be to try to be better than what their parents have been. You know, I mean, it's, I think that's what we all want. You know, as uh, as parents want you know for our kids. You know, so uh, we're trying to change that mindset. You know, to make them want to leave the farm. Uh, we know that it will be a problem for us in the future, but it will be a nice problem to
0: have. For sure, For sure, if it's successful that's a problem you don't mind trying to deal with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take all those workers from next door in Honduras or Guatemala. <laughs> 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 um, so, uh, the varietals you have on the farm, you have Kotura, you have Lombri, yes. which we're, we're obviously going to have in here. You've also got Bourbon yes
1: uh, 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 no like, like i was saying in imonseo is it the farm that we've done most of our experiments with since we have different micro uh, microclimates you know different terraces i call them you know different altitudes different uh, we
0: were talking about this just just before we came in and did this and i I never realized about the tablons that you have in within the farm and and the separate the separate separate parts of it and that's you know i'm kind of going to i'm sorry you're going to get lots of emails about now Uh, but i think that's it's really exciting because you've got those different altitudes and those so do you find i mean i'm guessing i know the answer to this but different uh, altitudes and different soils are suiting different varietals and are you regularly Trying different things in those places, right? No, definitely. We
1: have seen that you know certain varietals uh, outperform mm-hmm. others in different microclimates. You know, different altitudes, different soils. Uh, I'm definitely one of an opinion that there's no such thing as a bad varietal. You know,
0: you just got to find the proper. You heard it here first. <laughs> like we, we, I was talking last week about Catimor, and we've mm-hmm. had a conversation about Catimor, and Catimor isn't inherently bad it's just been planted in some places where it really doesn't work and then we find a lot like last week's that was planted at 1100 meters above sea level you know on the aponeca mountain range on a bit of soil that actually doesn't produce great coffee Mm -hmm. because it for different reasons is geothermic hot spots and all these other things and they planted this varietal all of a sudden thrived Mm -hmm. and and it it just works there and it works in the cup and I, i agree there's no such thing as a bad varietal and too many people I, I've had a bandwagon for years of a geisha. You mm-hmm. know, not everybody can plant geisha. No, everybody oh, should exactly. plant geisha, and they should really avoid it in many, many ways. You know, you've got to have a, such an exact set of circumstances. Exactly. Do you feel that's the same for this long
1: Um Up to an extent, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, you've got to find the proper microclimate for it. Yeah. You know. Just like the geisha, you know, it's more limited. You know, the microclimate for the geisha is very limited. You know, uh, for the longberry, it's limited as well. Even though it's a little bit wider than the geisha, you know. Obviously, you have the caturra. It's much wider for for our countries, for I yeah. and Guatemala as well. You know, uh, the bourbon. It's much wider, but only for uh, El Salvador. You know, it's not very good for very humid places. Right. You know. Um, even though the, the cup characteristic is spectacular, but the climate will, will destroy the plant, you know, uh, okay. you, production will be very low. So
0: what is that window, do you feel, for uh, the longbury? Uh, what, 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 what kind of, like for instance, the parameters of altitude, would you say there's some parameters there? Well, or? for us,
1: it's uh, it's worked magnifici- magnificently at uh, 1,100 metres. Okay. You know, 1,100 metres has worked out great. It's the cut profile that most of our clients enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we do have it at 1,400, uh, fourteen, fifteen hundred, you know, in uh, in uh, San Jose, you know, but you know, we haven't been able to find the niche or the amount of uh, the, 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 as big as a niche market than we have for, for the limoncello. Okay. You know, although you could, there's other influences you can apply. You know, you can start doing uh, different processes to the, you know to these that
0: will better the cut profile. You know. Which we have the, uh, I think we have the natural, we do have the natural for sure, I think we have the pulp natural of the uh, of the longberry too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have the different processes. For me, I think it, I, I really like the washed version. Uh, I enjoy the other two, um, yes. but the reason I, because I, I could have chose any one of the three for, for this one, but I think the washed for me gets me the most excited. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the most like the geisha in many ways it's that very right. clean transparent, elegant great work very tea-like uh, beautiful which we'll see, we're going to taste it in a little while and we'll, we'll, we'll see it then uh, are uh-huh. there any other influences on the on the varietal that you think you need to to plant it is there anything else that specific like does it need lots of shade does it need lots of water um, well, no, obviously uh, for it needs the, 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 the amount of water that almost
1: any other coffee variety will need. You okay, know. so uh, there's no real differences there? No, no, no. And, and depending on the altitude, you will need to control the amount of shade that, uh, that you need as well. You know, obviously the shade is mostly to extend the ripen, ripening period and, and get more of a sweetness out of the Because 1100 meters, I'm guessing, it gets quite warm. It does, yeah. it does. Even though the microclimate in not even seal, you know uh, it's not quite as warm 1100 meters you know Placeres it's much higher but it's a lot warmer right you know but in Limoncillo it gets nice and cool at night that
0: it kind of compensates you know the, is, is that due to the water sources and the shade that you have there? I would or? think so yes yeah, yeah. I,
1: would, I would think so you yeah. know uh, which is different from San Jose and San Jose the way the farm is facing you know it's, it, it's, it's facing north so you have you know uh, the sun that comes out east to west you know, uh, you get sunlight uh, easily, you know, 10 hours a day, every single day. You know, uh, Mama Mina, you know, we're at the same altitude, but because of the, 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 the cloud cover, you know, if we get six, seven hours of, of, of sun every day, we're lucky, yeah. you
0: know, so. And when, when we visited there, it was, the cloud, like, we got there about half past three in the afternoon, and the cloud was right down, exactly. and within half an hour, it was pitch black. Exactly, just like that. It was like wow, uh, and then San Jose, completely the opposite. It, it was just so bright and clear, and such a great view over the lake as well, right. isn't it? What, the, what was the lake called? Uh, lake Apanas, yeah. I, I've still got to buy my island on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think it, it's an absolutely beautiful farm. I, I you know, it, I, I love. Limoncillo Purely for the selfish reasons I bought it in Cup of Excellence once And (laughs) that whole uh, romanticism that goes with that Uh, But also it's the coffee that introduced us To buying from you guys And buying all these other amazing coffees So uh, yeah, no, it's really cool Um, So what we're going to do now We're going to go to the fantastic, the amazing, the awesome Map bit It's the map bit No expense spent It's the map bit if anybody can come up with a better way of going down to Has been Towers, zooming up from Hasbeen Towers, and going to our left, to the wonderful continent of Central America, I am all ears. But while we were there, we should focus on this said continent. Is it a continent? I'm never sure. But anyway, the number of coffee-grown countries is seven. There are a population of 41 million. Uh, the surface area, twice the size of the UK, and a little bit more. Um, so a smaller population bigger area that's why they grow lots of tasty coffee so let's look down at nicaragua um an amazing country the first country i ever visited outside of um outside of europe and the first coffee growing country i ever visited so very special place to me may have said that already in the in my mug but um Let's look at the details of the country. So Nicaragua, population of 5.8 million, size, half the size of the UK, but with a fraction of the population. So again, a lot of land. Capital city is Managua. Um, Interesting fact, uh, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Northern Hemisphere after Haiti. Not many people know that. See, I'm full of interesting facts. So there's the farm in Now, you see all of those dots around the farm. There's quite a few. This is where people live. Um, This farm has a lot of workers living on it. The Maresh family are very good at giving great accommodation to their workers, making sure they're looked after, um, and really, really good people. That's why we love working with them. So Dale the Cow is here to tell us the farm name is Finca Limoncillo, has an altitude of 1,200 metres above sea level, not so high. Um, Vadratal is Katura and the nearest town is Matagalpa. Now that doesn't sound so high but what I want to do is show you this mountain range where Limoncillo is. So uh, in a minute if we can just zoom down you can see this is really on a mountaintop, and the farm goes all the way to the top of the hill there. In fact, let's have a zoom around the edges of the farm with my clever little camera angles here and you get to see just kind of how high it is uh, compared to the surrounding areas. And let's just zoom back so you can see uh, back to the view we're at. And that was the map bit. So we are back. Um, We are on the wheel of opportunity. Um, this is a bit of a mentalness so I'm going to let you do the spinning don't spin okay. it too hard though because it will break <laughs> so um, yeah just give it a spin and uh, let's see where it lands so. oh, and we are going to the green storeroom so I'm going to take it on that one so the wheel of opportunity is taking us to the green storeroom ok so here we go we're going to the green storeroom um, say hello Chris hello Chris See Chris is here again, we're going through my office, oh, you can't see my office, it's very untidy and also, you don't get to see that till the wheel of discovery allows you to see it. We're going through the green room, say hello guys, say hello Roland, okay, we're going backwards, say a good name, We're going backwards, not led to the roastery either until we get to the green. So here we have the green storeroom. So you can see all of our big green bags. All of what we have at the moment. It's so looking a little bit bare, there's some gaps there, but that's because Bolivia and Brazil and Colombia are going to be coming really soon. And that was the Wheel of Discovery! So I hope you enjoyed that, and we'll be back with you in just a second with some hot beverages to drink. Okay, so we're back and we have the return, so kind of second return, of snozzer in the bowl. So, um, yeah, have a have a sniff of that. Snozzer in the bowl, I don't know if snozzer translates in Texan or Nicaraguan, but uh, yeah, sticking the snozzer in the bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Super sweet, is the smell I get off there. And kind of a little bit of a zingy acidity as well, which I'm really looking forward to in the espresso, because I kind of know this coffee quite well now. I remember the first time you showed me the laundry, by the way, I forgot about this and thing. You wouldn't sell me any of that either. Because <laughs> it was, where does it go? I think, I can't remember, somebody was buying it all, and it was only... Not in Japan. Yeah, I think it was at, like last year was the first year you let me have it. <laughs> He's very mean. He's a very, very mean farmer. Normally they're begging me to buy the coffee, and then I have to beg him to buy the coffee. It's definitely the wrong way round. You want to grab the espresso, and uh, I'm going to start with the espresso. So it's cooled a little bit because we've been, because I yeah I was disorganised. But even now, the dominant part for me in the espresso is the acidity. I get like an apple and like a real kind of pear-like acidity in there but there's this tea-like quality that I just like yes. kind of like an old greyiness to it which right. I really like and I always see running through these coffees well, what do you think? Oh, I'm picking up a little bit of a flower like a hint of, of jasmine yeah. in there like in the aftertaste yes you know. very, very Ethiopian-esque which mm-hmm. is kind of weird because obviously it's Ethiopian roots mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's really good. So we'll move on to the uh, the cappuccinos. Uh, made for us by Chris. I, I make no drinks. I roast no coffee, I make no drinks. Because these are much better than the ones I can make. Now I have an aversion to milk. I'm not a massive cappuccino latte type fan. But... I kind of... Like, milk for me kills the delicacy of this drink. Because it is super delicate. Like, it's... It, again, the tea-likeness that I keep going back to, but that tea-likeness gets muted by by the milk, and it's just, there's a little bit of coffee, but I can't really give you any more descriptors than that. Sorry. You're right, I agree. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not the best place for it with milk. Um, I think something like the uh, Pacamara Naturals are super interesting in the, um, you know, in milk. They really work well through there those powerful flavours, but this is just too delicate for that. So... Grab the mug. These are our new in my mug mugs now available on the shop. These are brand new. They these arrived yesterday afternoon, so they really are Great. new, new, new. So um, yeah, I, th- this is a new logo we've had. Done. Episode two hundred and fifty, because it was like quarter, well, quarter of a thousand. Mm-hmm. That we um, we decided to go for the the, the new branding. Now here. I think this changes again here, and this turns much more to what I get in the cupping bowl of the apples. Mm-hmm. There's a real like red and green apple kind of texture and acidity going on, um, and much sweeter than the espresso. And the acidity actually mutes down a bit, and that tea-like stuff disappears a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It's just much like the thicker. And the thing I find with lots of your coffees is that texture plays a big part. Yes. I don't know why. Yeah. and I, I, I'm guessing this is a processing thing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lovely texture to it, but the apple and, and that pear acidity again just comes mm. through and yes. it's super sweet. For me, it's the elegance. Yeah. You know, uh, the elegance of
1: this coffee really, for me, comes through more in, the, in, in, a, in a filter. Yeah.
0: Type. Now, this is much more the cupping bowl for me than the espresso and and, 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 and the milk. And mm-hmm. I, I, I definitely prefer this coffee in the brood. Um, I love the espresso because that tea light, but I love mm-hmm. that. This is, this is just a little bit sweeter for me um, and a little bit kind of more like the cupping bowl. With the washing of this one, how do you wash on it? Because we say washed coffee, and washed coffee can mean many things to many different people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do a dry ferment? Do you do an underwater water ferment? How is this process? No, for
1: us in Kanawa, we, we tried doing a water fermentation, but it just, uh, it takes too long, you mm-hmm. know? It, it, we have uh, the the temperature drops too much at night, you know, that uh, we have to do a dry fermentation, you know? so. Uh, we process without water, you know, so we don't even use water to push the coffee through. Oh, wow! You know, uh, so when it gets to the fermentation tank, so pre- how do you what do you push it with, like a, a rake or something? No, uh, when it goes through the machines, yeah. it's with a with a oh boy, the, the, the screw.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So, so like um, it's like a worm type drive thing exactly. where the beans like move. So it's, the, the fermentation tanks are very close to the pulper. I guess. Oh yes, yeah. yes they yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. okay. They're only two
1: meters away, more or less. Right. You know? So they get there. You know, they fall into this big old pile. And what we do is we uh, we put the, a guy down at the bottom. and He spreads everything out evenly, so the fermentation's even all the way through. Yeah. You know, uh, and we don't try. I mean, we try to keep the uh, if we have too much coffee you know we use two fermentation tanks you know we don't try to we try to keep it uh the thickness of it to be about a meter okay you know otherwise if we do like two meters uh we haven't tested this yet you know and i bought like a thermometer that will read every so often you know in the height uh down at the bottom will be a lot more fermented than would be up on top got you you know so in order to keep uh uniformity we try to do about one meter more or less. You know and then after that you know after uh, depending on the temperature and humidity but let's say anywhere between 18 to 30 hours you know then we use water to push the coffee out and start washing the coffee
0: wow so no water is used in that initial part apart from the juice and the mucilage from from, so so that leads me to the next bit your coffees tend to be very sweet Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that's because a lot of that mucilage is just, you know like it, it's hanging around a bit longer than if you're using fermentation tanks because that's going to break it down mm-hmm. a lot quicker isn't it
1: yes I mean the, the, yeah that could be one of the reasons you know I would tend to say that the main reason is also is the way we harvest the coffee you know we actually do pick uh, the way the Salvadorians do you know, not red but it's uh,
0: that well Nicaragua, they call it blood red yes you know, it's just that, uh, so uh, it's almost purple, tea. isn't it? Yeah. It's it's like uh, and, and they're almost ready to fall off the tree as well, isn't it? It's exactly. a very dangerous way of picking, too. It is,
1: and we've had some problems where you know we get a heavy rain and wind, and it will knock the, the the cherry off a tree. Yeah. You know, but uh, uh, we have to have enough people to go in there. You know, to to really stick them in there and, and pick coffee. You know, sometimes we have way too many people, so we have to, instead of paying them by uh, volume. We just pay them by the day, you Rips. know. That way, they don't work quite as hard, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, don't, they they only pick the really ripe cherries, not the green. You know, so yeah. uh,
0: I think there's definitely like there's there's definitely something in that, you know, you, we buy from five of the six is it six farms you have in nicaragua yes yeah we buy from four of the farms sorry uh, from the six you have in nicaragua and and we only don't buy from from one of them because we i've never seen anything from it and the other one which is the bigger one the ranch Mm -hmm. one and the other one um we just thought having three farms called san jose maybe a little bit too much (laughs) (laughs) but like you know it's uh, there's um you know each one is processed really well and picked really well and not just fanboying because you're here because i am a fanboy of course um you know that your coffees just tend to you that you can tell there's that extra element of um care and 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 you know the the, the little what's the word i'm looking for the little intricacies are kind of followed through and the you know it, it, yeah we we're a big fan as you know listen thank you very much for joining me i've Please. beasted this man on video today i feel really better now with uh, no conscience thank you for joining me mate and uh, do remember I have to say this at the end of everyone life is too short for bad coffee It is.